Hi, my name is Will Newsom, and this is the Tech Start Podcast. In this show, we explore the realities of changing careers and getting the tech. Change is tough and sometimes scary. We make it less so by talking to experts and ordinary people about their transition in tech. Twenty years ago, the highest-paying jobs were in healthcare. But in 2023, software developers and data scientists are topping the charts. And unlike some specialties, tech is more accessible to people from all backgrounds and skill sets. But how do you transition from, say, working in a warehouse to building the tech that supports the warehouse? I know how complicated it is to switch careers. Many people, including me, have imposter syndrome about pursuing a career in tech. We're here to show you that whatever you've been doing, working in a hospital, brewing coffee, or fulfilling shipment orders, your skills are applicable to the tech world. Today, we're discussing how the career transition went for someone who got into tech after years of manual labor. Dude, I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, drive an hour to get to work, to throw boxes and run across the warehouse trying to fulfill orders as fast as, as we could. This is Jeremy Rivera. Just like me, he went to an online coding bootcamp called Tripleton. He's a climber, a father to two dogs, and a very family-oriented person. He lives in South Florida, and before getting into tech, he'd been working at different warehouses for three years. Because they actually, they paid based on output. So the faster you move, the more you got paid. But that's, you know, deteriorating your body. You're performing in somewhat of an unsafe way, typically. But, yeah. but it, is, it is fun. It's a good uh, competitive environment. You know, you always feel like you're on a sinking ship. So everyone's trying to move. Everyone's doing their own thing. And we were doing that pretty hardcore during the pandemic because all the stores needed to get food. People were panic buying. So after about, I would say, a year, you know, my body's starting to hurt. You know, I'm, I'm trying to work out, but I can't work out because I'm tired. You know, I can't really hang out with my friends too much. But then I knew that I needed to do something. When Jeremy was considering a role in tech, he turned to his cousin, Julian. Julian worked at Triple Ten and recommended that Jeremy give this coding bootcamp thing a try. We had spoken about coding before and programming, and it was probably early 2020. But at that point, you know, I just needed to work and, you know, provide for my, my parents and my brother to help out the family. And we resumed the conversation, too, because he had been working remote ever since he started working. He's always been doing some sort of software gig. And I asked him how, how he got into it. And he was a self-taught programmer. But he's like, if you want more structure and money's not really an option, there's a program, Triple Ten, that has the structure and has the community. And he's like, if you finish that program, you would know everything I knew when I started and probably more because you have the structure to fill in those gaps that you would have if you if you learn everything on Udemy or YouTube. But what kind of was like the final straw? Because I know a lot of people that work in warehouses and, st- and they still work there to this day. So I mean, there had to be one thing that like really set you off. Yeah, I had been, I had gotten my associates before. I took a break. Um, I have since finished a bachelor's unrelated to tech but i knew the warehouse wasn't for me i respect labor i like labor i like working with my hands i've always done some sort of contract work or flooring closets warehouse work but i know that wasn't for me like 
I have I have creativity and I need a creative outlet sometimes. You know, when I'm uh, being a mindless mule for 10 hours a day, that's not going to help me be productive. Warehouse work, it's, you know, you, you go out, play basketball with your boys, you sprain your ankle, you're out of work for three months. Mm. You know, you, you tear your ACL, that's six months. Yeah. So it's like you couldn't really do any other extracurricular sports and you had to be really careful because if you got injured, that's it. Like okay. you're, you're, you're out of commission. Were your cousin, I know you said he previously mentioned it to you in the past about like coding and like, I guess the possibilities of programming. Um, but did you have any doubts? I think most people will always have that, that tentative doubt right before they jump into something new. I did have that initial stuff because I had just gotten married, you know, when I okay. made that trip. Congrats. So thank you so much. So now it was like, well, this isn't just my money. This is our money that I would be investing into the future. And how was your experience? I mean, obviously you're working in a software development job, so it seemed to be good. Yeah, no, I sometimes think back at it and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> I, I had the support of my, my wife and my family and stuff. And I used to wake up at like 3 a.m. again, drive 55 minutes to the warehouse. I would work from four to maybe two, two o'clock p.m. I would get out and then I'd drive to, to university because I told you I was finishing my degree at the time too. And then I'd have a class at like 2.30 to 3.30. But then I had another class at like 6.30 to 9. So, and then I'd, I'd wake up at 3 o'clock. I'd drive an hour back home. at So I'd get home at like 10.30 take a shower and then I have to be up at three the next day also. Goodness. The grind. They're yeah, the grind. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously like the, like the college degree is pretty fresh on you. Um, what I guess method of, education, Tripleton or your degree, which do you think has been more valuable in your life so uh, far? That, that, that's an easy question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my degree is currently sitting in my office on the floor somewhere. But uh, uh, yeah, Tripleton, I mean, I that knowledge and experience is significantly, like it pays significantly more rewards than my degree. Granted, I haven't attempted to try to get a job with the degree, but I I get reached out to by people sometimes on LinkedIn or, you know, other applications. There's uh, someone trying to interview me this week and there's a couple other people who reached out in the past month. But that's not because of my degree. That's because of, you know, the portfolio and putting yourself out there. Definitely. Jeremy, you mentioned that you switched into tech to have more of a creative outlet. But for others, their main motivator for getting the tech was a salary increase. How did the possibility of making more money factor into your decision to switch careers? To be honest, I, I'm very minimalist type of person. Like I don't like to have a lot of things, but the things I do have are typically expensive. <laughs> so it's, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't go out. I don't buy clothes. I don't buy shoes every week and stuff like that. I'll buy one pair of shoes and wear it until they break and stuff like that. But those, those shoes are a couple hundred dollars. You know, uh, I like my laptop to be modern. I like my TV to be modern. I have a PlayStation. I have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, those aren't cheap things. And then, you know, I just got married, right? So we had to pay for the wedding for the most part. We did receive some gifts, but you have to pay for that. I'm not out here chasing dollars, but... I still have to provide for those who are mine, you know? Definitely. You're a man of expensive and good taste when I heard PS5, not Xbox. <laughs> <Yeah. about that. laughs> 
I actually got uh, married on uh, June 17th, so I definitely understand. Boot camps in general, obviously, they're they're very cheap compared to college degrees, but um, they're still expensive uh, to, to most of society. Was there any, like doubt in your mind that it wouldn't pay off at some point i mean i think everyone at probably all times of their career unless they're a sociopath is going to have some sort of imposter syndrome (laughs) (laughs) right like so it's uh yeah of course my you know your confidence will wane but you also have to be able to a degree to trust yourself right the tools are out there if you have that and you have the ability to put time toward something i think that will pay dividends more than a four-year degree right because anyone could go get a degree get it paid for by the state maybe at a scholarship or two get good grades and then you get into the job you're still going to have positive you're right right so i think i think hard work will beat talent Mm. let's talk about uh, the process of you getting this job obviously the market is very I wasn't necessarily bad, but it's very selective right now. So like, tell us the process of you finishing practicum and then you getting your first job. I think when I, when I finally started learning JavaScript and programming concepts, I was like, I'm going I'm to start applying. I'm going to start applying anywhere. You'd look at the job posting sometimes and it, it might scare you off a little bit. Like, oh man, how do I have, you know, 15 years of experience with the technology that's been out for three so, <laughs> right? It's like, how am I going to get an entry uh, level position with five to seven years of experience? Yeah. But a lot of the people who make those postings aren't people in that field. You might have recruiters that just blanket post, and that's not what the employer is actually looking for. In the software development, software engineering course, there are 15 sprints in a final project. Yeah. So I would say around like sprint six or seven, I was just applying. Sprints are two weeks periods of work with a number of tasks to complete by the deadline. Most professional IT development takes place in sprints. So this helps prepare you for the workplace. I applied anywhere. I don't care what tech stack. I don't care what it looked like. If it had software and or developer in the name, I was applying to it. So I think that's important too. And I had that encouragement from another tutor, uh, Max Jacobson. He was just like, he's like, well, just put yourself out there, keep throwing it out there, keep throwing your application because, and again, it goes back to analytics. Statistically, I mean, you look at data, right? You have, you have the normal ship bell curve. Most people are going to lie within that, that 68%. You have to push yourself into the extra 14 or the extra standard deviations to, to get to that. Again, to get to that salary, to get to anywhere, right? So I was throwing in, I probably threw in six, 700 applications, you know, and sometimes they got back, sometimes they didn't, but that's just the game right now. So you have to just be consistent, make sure your resume is up to date. While you're waiting for them, don't just wait, continue to build your skills. So set aside time to apply, set aside time to continue to learn your craft, set aside time to build. And building is probably the most important thing. How long, like from like your, when you first started applying in Sprint six or seven, how long do you think it took you? How many months um, to take you to land that job or land that first interview? I would say about two or three because I had actually, I got my job right after Sprint 10. Okay. Oh, so, wow. So you you were one third of the way done or yeah. two thirds of the way done and yeah. got it. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's quick. Let's talk about what went through your head the day you got that offer letter. God's plan. 
it was it was a mix of you know gra- it was 100 gratitude right gratitude and like faith i mean knowing that the previous year had been four hours of sleep you know putting in putting out output that it was like okay you could see the fruit of your labor you were doing a lot you weren't just working so I mean, life, <laughs> yeah. life was life was massively different so i mean like like you had a lot of stress a lot of i guess burdens i wouldn't call them burdens but a lot of like responsibilities um how does life look now compared to life a year ago uh i think i gained like 10 pounds uh, <laughs> right i'm not moving i'm not moving quite as much now, now that's changing I, I just lost four more but it's uh it's nice right um i get to sleep yeah. i probably get like literally i have a I have a ring that records my sleep and mm. the average last year was about like five and a half of sleep uh, and that's the average right so you're considering weekends as well where you might sleep the entire day but the average was about five and a half now now i'm sleeping i'm, I'm caring about my sleep caring about my my mental health before, like, even though I had all these, and I, I like the word burden. I like the word burden, right? Because it might have a negative connotation, but I think it's an appropriate word. So it's like the burdens were there, but they were there. They're separate. I'm not burdened. I am carrying burdens. I'm I'm very language guy too. So I think that it was very, again, I appreciate the season of trial, but now I'm in like the season of, I could kind of, I'm going to put quote relax because Again, it's the money comes with your skills, right? So it's like at work, I'm at work, but at home, I'm studying, right? You know, it might not be triple 10, but I'm studying different technologies like AWS, you know, high level Salesforce knowledge, a couple of different languages just to round out my education because the tech field is, is so large and gargantuan. So obviously it's like his office work is a little sedentary, but I mean, that's, that's contrary to like your, your old life where it's like physical, like getting hit back knee issues. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> how do, how does your work day look now? Tech, I'm a salaried worker, W2, I get insurance benefits. It's typically hybrid. You know, some weeks I'll come in most days, but some weeks I'll come in two days, zero days, one day. It's up in the air. Um, I come in at around 8.30. You know, I get an hour lunch. I leave at around 4.35, depending. I've left at 3.30. It's not always set, right? So sometimes I'll leave a half day. Like, it's it, they're, they're very open. They're very encouraging. If they see you get to the office early, they'll let you go early, you know? So it's a, it's a very nice thing. Because previously, my, my old job, and it's a warehouse gig for a grocery chain, so... You go in at, you start work at four. You leave when they say you could leave, <laughs> right? Mm, so it's, yeah. that's kind of how it is. And but without going into like the whole logistics of everything, they used to have basically a workload. So each individual person carries that particular workload. So I, again, I don't want to, you know, focus too much on this, but they had like a minute system. So a 10 hour day, which is what you get paid for, would amount to 600 minutes. So that's where the incentive comes in too. If you could pull that 600 minutes faster than the other guy, you get to leave before the other guy. Yeah, you see. So, so my brother and I, when we were, they used to call it bangers. 
when we were banging out there, we would pull 160, 170%, right? So if I could pull 150 in six hours, what the guy did nine, I leave three hours earlier than the other guy. Oh, wow. wow. But you also get paid hourly the same. So we made the same amount of money, even though I left three hours earlier. What? That's a a pretty cool concept. (laughs) I never heard of that. And I I actually worked at Amazon for, uh, well, I didn't work at Publix, but I worked at Amazon, one factory in Charlotte. But I wish I had that concept, but I was like, come on. What like skills and knowledge sets did you learn in like your warehouse background that kind of translated into uh, your current job? I technically was part of shipping. So I learned operations really well. I learned how things function and flow because the supply chain yeah, we have tech, we design the software, we, we make implement it, make people's lives easier. But without supply chain, we don't have commerce. We don't have economics. We, we don't have cars and everything. So the warehouse is basically the backbone of America, you know, the backbone of many societies. And you don't see it because you have trade and produce and food and everything. Learning supply chain on, I don't want to say a high level, I don't have a degree in it, but learning it on the practical level. You know, I like being in the trenches, so to speak. So being with the people who do it every day, rather than learning it from management, you know, management has a very broad view and abstract view, but being with the people who do it every day, seeing why they do certain things and the timing of certain things really kind of opened up my mind to that side of the economy. So seeing the operation flow, it helped me with with supply chain operations and almost business analysis. You go and you see BOGO on ice cream. That's why we you know we're pumping out ice cream three weeks in advance. Heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So you you'd see the okay. flow in in a very wide way and i could appreciate that it's like okay so the reason why we're we're moving so fast here is because turkeys are about to go out for thanksgiving right and so you kind of you're playing with i feel like that perspective helps see the bigger picture with things it's like okay yeah like i'm I'm coding you know i'm coding the website programming it connecting it to a back-end api but that's going to directly relate to the marketing team right they're gonna they're going to take advantage of that and then promote, promote, you know, the blogs or something like that. So that helps. What I think what is a detriment is because I was in that like fast paced environment. I have to rework on patience. I feel like I was a patient guy before. <laughs> and, um, I'm getting there now, but it's like yeah. knowing like at your steps count, because when you're, when you're getting paid that based on performance, you want to perform. But that doesn't encourage safety. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> encourage proper lifting technique yeah. or being aware of your surroundings, stuff like yeah. that. So I'm re relearning all of that, you know. I know you said you were you were creative and the warehouse kind of stifled that and that was one of the reasons that you wanted out. How do you feel now, like creativity wise? You know, the the proverb there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's very much the programming and tech field. It's like you could do the same thing 
20,000 times with 30 different frameworks, but you, you're doing it, right? So you're making those decisions on the back end. You could make the Google load screen. Anyone could do it. If you know basic CSS and HTML, you could do it. Or you have a guy getting paid like $300,000 in Google who did this. It looks the same, but you can't appreciate the back end until you kind of know what to look for. And I, I like picking up different like freelance clients because then I get to experiment with things I wouldn't use at work. Right. I get to experiment with like a new CSS thing I learned or a new framework or a new JavaScript library and stuff. That level of creativity is is great. When you're writing code, you're basically writing a document, but that's your document. Right. Most people's documents not going to look the same as another document. That's why it's so hard to go into someone else's repository because they're writing something. You know, you could almost say if they started writing a book, stopped writing, and then you have to go finish it. That's going to be very difficult. Right? It's, it's the same thing with code. It's like, why did they make these decisions? Why did the plot go this way? Where does this lead to? Right. But having the creativity to come in from the ground up and build something, I think, is important, too, because that's yours. You could say you produced something. I know your brother worked at the warehouse with you and him started together. Uh, do you think he could do the same thing that you're doing right now? And are you are you talking to him about it? <laughs> yeah, I that's a recurring thing. Like we talk about it all the time. My brother, he has such a good heart. He gets so like impassioned about something. Yeah. But then he, you know, he also has to work. So he hasn't dedicated himself to the leap yet. He went through the first sprint, and then and then life caught up to him, and then he had to. He, Technically, he's on a freeze. Do you think anyone can be successful in tech? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I do not subscribe to, oh, but he's just this type of person or she, you know, she was born into privilege or like, yeah, no, that, 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 those are real things. Like you could have a, a natural inclination towards, towards certain things. Me, my forte isn't mathematics it's it's writing i like to write i like to have an output or communicate math i respect math i'm not a math guy right but if if you put me in a a calculus class and i have to take calculus yeah i might study three times more than the next guy but anyone could do it right you just have to you have to envision what your end goal is see if your current life circumstances are going to bring you there and if they're not consider a field that can bring you there because that's the thing about software one you can go in any direction two you could work for any type of company every company uses software and then three if you are that type of person you just make your money bank it and then you have that extra time to fulfill your passions and i think one thing i would add add on to that too is and you you displayed it is being honest with yourself. Most people won't tell themselves like, oh, like I'm bad at math. So I study three times as much. People just say I'm bad at math and they'll just fail the class. You said you would study three times as hard. So it's really being honest with yourself, telling yourself, hey, like this, these concepts are harder for me to grasp. So let me take that extra time and dedicate myself to it. Reflecting on your journey over the past few years, I mean, the long days, um, short nights, five hours, um, and the multiple jobs, uh, injuries, uh, not being able to enjoy your life to the fullest. What was, what would be some advice that you would give someone who's working maybe in a blue collar job, um, that's considering transitioning into tech? 
If they're already making that consideration, I, again, I'm trial by fire. Just do it. It's just literally taking the time out of your day to put yourself into an uncomfortable zone because it will be uncomfortable. You are learning different languages and stuff. Again, I like the ability to work my hands, you know, nail things into the wall. Um, my wife and I would like to buy like a fixer upper home. And then, and then have me do most of the things because I like that. I like every now and then, every now and it's always the golden years when you look back. Every now and then, I go back and I'm like, you know, the warehouse could be fun, but you also would never catch me applying there. Like, I, like every now and then, I'm like, oh yeah, no, no those were good times. And then yeah. the, the next sentiment that uh, that fulfills it is like, well, yeah, but I'm not doing that again. Blue collar work isn't bad. We still need we we rely on blue collar work, but at the same time it's what do you want to do like i know some guys at the warehouse their goal was to move to be a truck driver we need truck drivers truck drivers make good money but you're also not home right so you have the it, that's where the sacrifice and i know truck drivers making like 120 grand but they're not home right so it's like do you have a wife do you have kids maybe working from home isn't a bad idea because you know the kids get to be around daddy all day you know so Start playing with those ideas, right? And I think I think the answer should come. To, you know, I, I think it should be a self fulfilling answer. It's like if I'm considering it, there's really no con. You might say the initial money, but I mean, I know Triple Ten has payment plans. You know, I know a woman who basically took out a loan and did the program, quit her job, and she's. Out of all the students I've worked with, one of the most brilliant people I've, I've had the privilege of working with. And then even people like I was with in like apiary projects, I know a lot of them have received positions, right? Um, some received positions before graduation. So I don't think it's that hard. It's just, you just jump into it and what's the worst that could happen? This podcast was brought to you by Libo Libo Studio in partnership with Tripleton and Online Coding Bootcamp. For more career tips, go to tripleton.com slash blog or follow the link in the episode description. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please share it with your friends, leave comments, and give us five stars. Stay tuned for our next episode.